Let's talk about this for a minute on Alex Garrett Podcasting because there are some serious things I'm feeling this morning and I know I haven't been here since a couple of days ago and, and life gets happening and, and so I wasn't able to be here. But I want to talk to you. Um, the last 12, 13 hours have been one of a lot of self-reflection. Ever, ever go through that where you're just self-reflecting about everything in your life? Uh, it happened. It also happened because we saw this movie called Driving in the Rain. A tearjerker, yes, but it's about a boy and his dog and the girl that the boy marries who gets stricken with cancer. Anyway, you you have to check out this movie. Driving in the Rain is what it's called. But I had um, a feeling hours before seeing this, but this movie kind of brought it out of me. And the feeling was... I saw a motorcycle, which of course is going to go faster than me, right? It's going to go fast. I'm on four wheels. This guy's on a motorist uh, vehicle. <laughs> of course going to go four times faster. But there was um, a bit of a feeling I had of of slowing down because of this motorbike. I kid you not. And so what did I do? Yeah, I sped up a bit. But I just, I felt all of a sudden the wheels were going slow and I was going slow. And am I slowing down? Can I keep rollerblading in my 50s? And then I got over that. But then it just got dragged up again overnight. And and so I want to talk to you about this because, I, and if there's a doctor listening out there, is it possible that someone with one leg, a serious question here, on Alex Garrett podcasting. Is it quite possible that someone with one leg could have a doubled age biologically because of all the work that this person, maybe me, puts in daily with the one? I've deduced that I think my leg is at least twice the age it is because of all the work that's gone into it. I mean, look, I was walking since I was three. So you, you times that by two equals six. The, the, the trend goes on. Now, rollerblading did save my leg many years. That is true. It has saved my leg many years. But having a medical procedure last week and then having this yesterday and then feeling a little stiffness on my side. I, I mean, these are things that I don't expect to feel at 28. <laughs> and yet here they are. And so I just was like, no way, I'm not slowing down. I, I can do this till my 40s and 50s. But is there a psychological, is there a, a actual biological idea out there that someone who does operate on one leg is more prone to have a double the age biologically? Because see, if you're putting all the work in one, you're going to naturally double that workout. Goes with the body, right? You got to push up on the crutches every day. And I do that and I love doing it. I love my favorite part, though, is to cruise down hills, lift my crutches up, bang, go down the hill or go up Sixth Avenue, crutches in the air, skate rolling, and we're all good to go. That I do love. But it was so weird that this motorcycle, this 
motorbike really made me feel slower. And I, I know that's not the case because motorbikes are naturally faster. But internally, it was like, hmm. I, I remember this. I looked at the side of the road and I said, all right, am I slowing down a bit? Is, is that why I can't keep up with this guy? Or am I uh, going to be able to do this in my 40s and 50s? Questions I asked. Then when this movie hit, it just showed me that the frailty of the body is real. I have seen fragility right in front of my eyes. Yes, they were in their hundred. My grandmother lived to a hundred. My grandma Mal lived to 89, 90, I believe. So they lived long lives. But you could see that even the body of a young one could deteriorate if it's not taken care of. And I've been trying to the last few months alone... I'm going to keep trying to because I do not want to leave this planet right now. I really don't. But I guess this fragility and then seeing that a 30-year-old did die from COVID has really made me think. And think, is my body eventually going to break down earlier than I want it? Or is there a way we can get through this, see the doctor, see who we need to, and push forward? That's my approach. So I guess I, I crack open the mic today to ask one thing. Is this double age psychological or is it real? <laughs> is it a real phenomenon I'm feeling like my age could be doubling as I get older? Maybe we can do some research on that together. And then my second thing is, if you do feel like you are slowing down, if you do feel like you've had enough, don't feel like you've had enough. Don't slow down. We all who survived this pandemic didn't survive this pandemic to slow down and just live life out. No, no. We survived this to make something happen. In this movie, I saw the dog's name is Enzo and the race car driver's name is uh, Denny, Denny Smith. I, I don't know if it's based on a true story or not. But Enzo's voiced by Kevin Costner. And Enzo had a great line. He said, you know, God's not done with me yet. After getting hit by a car, this dog had a resilience to keep going for a couple years later. And that, that, is, that inspired me because I think we can all find that resilience to keep going when something's knocked us down, when COVID's knocked us down, when even these riots and seeing these riots have knocked us down. Don't let that stop us. Those who survived the pandemic are not dead. At the same time, I think it's healthy to be frustrated about certain things in life. Because that frustration could lead you to really work on changing it. Oh, I'm so glad I can talk about this on my pod today. Because those, those frustrations could easily be changed. Snap of the finger. No one else out there is going to do it. But we can do it internally, in our souls, in our hearts, in our minds. One way I did it when the riots were happening, I turned that ish off. I said, I'm not subjecting myself to those riots. I have a life to live. I have a podcast to get up to do every morning. I have a will that won't let these violent criminals who are rioting destroy that will. That's what they want to do. 
simply put, they want to destroy the lives of the business owner. They want to destroy. And yet, here we are, Saturday, July 25th, ADA weekend, by the way. And those who listen to this have survived another day. And we need to be proud of that. There needs to be less darkness strewn around the world and more light, like the light that's hitting my room right now, beaming on the American flag, beaming on this this bulletin where I say God's plan and time is happening. It is, and it will continue to. And then I had this other thought today. It's like, why am I going to get wrapped up in my head with my phone and continue to see it as some lifeline? It's an object. Do you ever find that you don't see your phone as an object, but as a person? It's an object. You look at it. You don't look at the phone. I mean, you don't talk to the phone. You look at the phone. You look at the text message. It's an object. And I I, I do sometimes feel like I become slave to the phone. And I hope, if you do too, heed me out. That phone is just an object. Those people can wait to get back to hear back from you. Plain and simple. You are living your own life today, tomorrow, Monday. That is your life. Somehow it turned out when you don't reply quick, it's like you're ignoring someone. No. Things are going on in our own lives. Do I get frustrated when I'm going to reply back? Mm, here and there. But I understand it. And I'm more internalized as, oh, what did I do something wrong? But at the end of the day, I, I realize I'm my own person too. I don't have to jump whenever there's a text message. I could just let it sit there for a minute. Read it over and over, contemplate it, and then answer more thoughtfully. And when that happens, your your thought of, oh my God, I have to reply right away goes out the window and we need the more of that healthiness of not replying right away that would be healthy if we all could practice that then this then, then there was this third ring um, watching this movie I'm going to get your right name hold on one second because I don't want to misconstrue you with the wrong name It's called The Art of Racing in the Rain. I highly recommend you Netflix this. It'll give you a cry. It'll give you a cry, yes. But you should definitely uh, Netflix this because it is unbelievable how powerful this movie made me feel. Especially on ADA weekend. So tomorrow is going to be the 30th anniversary of the ADA. And a a stronger thought came up. Stronger, about as strong as when will will my body stay this way for years to come if I work at it. Stronger than that. The stronger thought that came into my mind was that how overwhelming it is it that God has given us, even, yes, those in the disabled community, us a chance to survive this pandemic Love people through it. 
a chance to see those go before us that mentored us, that guided us, that loved us. Dogs, pets included, yes. I'll never forget having to see my my dog Kismet grasping for air her last week. It was horrible. And I prayed when she left this earth that she would not suffer anymore. And and then watching this movie last night, I just broke down. Because I miss her. I miss my grandmother of 100 years old. I miss my my um my grandma Mal. And then I just thought of my my peers who have gone before me in the disabled community. And I thought this is overwhelming when you think about it. To see so much loss and yet still be here to be healthy yourself and to be given the chance to live out their memory by talking about Hillary, Michelle Mohan, by talking about Jasmine, that by, and their amazing spirits. Those were classmates, by the way. Michelle had mitochondrial disease. Hillary had spina bifida. I'm sorry, muscular dystrophy. And Jasmine had complications as well. Scotty Pollock, another one from the Viscardi community. But how overwhelming is it that you can stay here today, sit here today, and remember them on this earth. I I tend to agree with Marty Robbins. You know, he has a song, The Master's Plan. And Marty Robbins sings that he, um, you know, the master chooses who to bring home. Year after year, day after day. We can't understand it. We can't understand why. We can't understand how. But just know it's in his time. It's in his purview that those decisions are made. I don't believe he has a role in murders. (laughs) I never will believe that. Because I think that's just evil when you murder someone. Cold-blooded. In certain circumstances. If you're defending someone, yes. That is heroic. That is heroic. That is heroic. But the general idea of what we see on the TV. He committed a murder tonight. Well. Seems pretty cold-blooded to do that. To have 42 shot in New York in one span. Seems very cold-blooded. And so... I can't explain that one. But I know God has a role... In people... Who... Do perish. God has a role to bring them home and make them not suffer. No matter what... Incident happen. God's there. Every day. And so for us on this earth. God has us on this earth for a reason. America and world. I have complications. Which I don't really even think are complications. But sometimes they come up in my mind. 
and I feel it. But those don't feel like complications to bring me down. They feel like complications I can work on. As I said, there's nothing wrong with us. There's just issues. And if we can recognize that there's really nothing wrong with us, just that we have complications we have to work through, that'll be a different mentality. Oh, I have all these things wrong with me. Really? Tell that to the thousands that just died from COVID. Tell that you have something wrong with you to someone on the street who's doing way worse than you. See how the reaction is. Honestly, see how the reaction is. If we can just change our mind to, well, really nothing's wrong with us. We just got issues to monitor and take care of and complications to take care of, we'll be better off. As I sit here, I pray my body holds out for the next 20, 30 years. And that is something I can control. That's a gift God's given us all to control our bodies one way or another. And we must live out that gift and live and strive to live as as much as possible. I'm 28. I shouldn't feel mentally 56. And just talking about this, I'm feeling younger again, to be honest with you. I'm feeling less slowed down. I feel like, all right, I'm who I am. I'm not slowing down anytime soon. You cannot get rid of me. I'm going to work on my complications and fix them one by one and get this right. Especially when I see I have a city to fight for, New York. Three more shot dead in eight hours in New York City overnight. We have a city to fight for. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to let my body deteriorate. Because I don't feel like going anytime soon. I hope you don't either. Because those in New York, we have a purpose. We have a fight to have our have on our hands against the criminality going on in New York. We also have the gift of saying some good things that are going on in the city. When did you ever think you'd hear this headline from the New York Post? Tourists won't let COVID-19 stop them from visiting New York City. I think I told you this. Uh, at the Empire State Building... In New York, uh, there was a couple from Ohio. You know, we just got over COVID-19. Or we were just going through COVID-19 aftermath. We're just seeing businesses boarded up. And with everything going on in the country, this family from Ohio says, ah, it was okay, the fireworks. It could have been more. Really? You're going to be that greedy about it? Anyway, they were from Ohio. So tourism's coming back. Then I see today, as far as Bangkok people are coming in, To be part of this city. 2018 they drew 65 million visitors here according to NYC and co. We see now. COVID hasn't stopped the costume characters. COVID hasn't stopped the 9-11 memorial from being attended. And the High Line. Which you can go to by the way. And register there. The High Line's open. Again, New York City's not entirely dead. We have open spaces. You can go. You just got to do an iPad little thing, I guess. The Post talked to 
foursome from India, a couple from Chicago, and a fashionista from Thailand. Those who were traveling here were not too familiar with the governor's order and had no plan to stay longer than two weeks, making the governor's request moot. This is written, by the way, by Susie Weiss and Tamara Beckwith. I love this reporting. From Chicago, you had this woman named Heidi Reinhofer, 23-year-old. She wanted to meet with the local talent agency in person instead of over the phone. She wore a mask and goggles on the flight to Chicago. They were going to have to fill out a form, but they never got the quarantining form, clearly. The duo, uh, she has a partner, boyfriend, Jason Lohr. They're they're staying at the Holiday Inn near Times Square and said that they won't let the fear stop them from seeing the city. By the way, Empire State Building is open this week after 126 days. Did you know about that? Did you know about that? Just throwing it out there. And so, and then we have this 35-year-old that they talked to, Bobo Sangchuto, who's a model. She's visiting from Bangkok. So there's real things happening. The businesses are not stopping now, and we're getting tourism back. It might be, it will obviously be way less. But you know what? Can we celebrate the win today? Can we celebrate the win that there are people back in New York City? I know I sure as hell am going to celebrate that win. Because the minute I give up is is, is just going to go crazy for me. Now, some people would look at this article and say, well, why are they coming here? They're so, are they irresponsible? Or are you the one that isn't willing to take the risk in your own city to get back to life? Which is it? I think we can all go out and be safe about it. I love that they said we're not going to live in fear. I love that a talent agent said, yes, we have our doors open for this young actress. I love all of that. (laughs) And you can read all these links on my pod. Alex Garrett podcasting. And then one other story today which has been bugging me and I've been wanting to talk about it for the last three days because while a union statue can get taken down so freaking easily, easily, there are reports out that the Epstein mansions in both New York and Palm Beach are up for sale to list for $110 million dollars. So we're going to go ahead and tear down uh, Ulysses S. Grant, the Union general who fought to end the Civil War and win the Civil War for the North. We're going to tear down that guy and be like, that's acceptable. But we're going to make money off an evil man in Jeffrey Epstein. Whoever buys this thing, because it's on sale, these things, Whoever buys them, I hope you tear it down and build something new in there. I hope you take that energy out of our country in Florida or New York City. Because if you live there, 
and all happy living there, knowing that there could be some pedophilia going on in that house. <laughs> I would say that's a bit sick. I really would. How can we stand for the Union generals being taken down, Frederick Douglass's statue being desecrated? How can we stand for that? Yet something that should be torn down yesterday, not even made a profit of. I know real estate's tough. And by the way, I'm going to talk about some of this with Eric Cabral at Pod Max. You'll get to hear that later today on my Saturday sit down. But honestly, guys, how is it we can literally have a, a statue of Frederick Douglass or a statue of George Washington or a statue of Union General Ulysses S. Grant desecrated, torn down? Yet they are literally staging the houses that Epstein ran his ring out of. Well, what about Epstein Island? Well, yeah, I want that to be burned down too. Just like a restaurant in Long Island burned down the table that Epstein and Weinstein ate at. That was pretty cool to see that story. Of the Epstein table... being burned uh, at Southampton Resto. They burned it. It's awesome to see that. Well, then why are we going to burn down the properties? How is it all of a sudden Epstein is evil, but not enough to burn down his properties? Not enough to say, we don't want money on these houses. No, no, let's make the money. We need the money. Well, the whole point is to not make money off pedophilia. From where I sit, maybe you disagree. But I thought the whole point would be to uh, not make money on pedophilia. Which is why I say my prayer today on this podcast, Alex Garrett Podcasting, is simply this. Whoever buys this house or these mansions, do the right thing. Tear it down. Start from scratch. Build on that land something bigger and better. Something bigger and better. Or, 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 or you, you probably in my book anyway, and nobody else's book, right? So, I don't know if my book even matters sometimes, but you know, in my book, you're going to go down as someone that was so happy to pay all this money for Epstein's place, only to live in it as is. I would lose respect for whoever bought that home. Just going to say that. Especially if they don't tear it down. I'd respect them more if they said, we're going to buy this to just get rid of it. We're going to buy this to rid us of this evil, pedophilic man, Jeffrey Epstein. And I hope they do. And I hope they do tear it down. So... 
maybe I shouldn't be advising tourism in New York, but we need people back and it's nice out. Just be safe when you come in. That's all I ask. Just be safe when you come into America, into the New York area. That's all I ask. And I'm going to put this quarter question out. Am I 28 and 56 biologically? Or is that all in my damn head? I hope it's not. And I hope if I do realize my body's put in twice the work that I put in myself, twice the work to make sure my body is functioning for a very, 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 very long time. Mm. And we can talk about it all we want. Just got to take action. I'm Alex Garrett. Alex Garrett podcasting with you. Thanks for joining me this portion. We'll be back later with some more uh, with the Saturday sit down with Eric Cabral of PodMax. Stay with us.